Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Today on Endurance Horse Podcast, we're talking with Susanna Jones, a completion of the 2021 Tevis Cup, placing 25th with her horse, Snickers. Hi, Susanna. This is Christina Hike from Endurance Horse Podcast. Hi. How are you doing, Susanna? Very well. Thank you very much, So Christina. The, <laughs> the first question that I always ask is, how did you get into horses? Oh, well, very. when I was eight years old, I used to go around people's fields. I didn't have one of my own, and I would go and look at all the horses. I'd even go in the fields and sometimes get on the horses, <laughs> any old little pony. I come from Cornwall, England, where mainly it's ponies, little Shetland, little small moor ponies and so on. Yes. So that's how I first found my love of horses. So when did you get your first horse that was all your own? In a long, let me see now, 2000, not, not that long ago, the year 2000. So could you tell me about that horse? Yes, he. I got him here in the Auburn area. His name was Silver, and he was um, an Arabian, and he was $1,200. He was advertised as a 12-year-old. I found out later he was actually 15, okay. um, and he was, as I say, the first horse I ever owned of my own. Um, he was a fantastic boy. We didn't do any endurance, but we did a lot of camping and trail riding. Um, I did think of putting him in endurance, but I felt <laughs> it was so overwhelming, the thought of doing endurance, that I didn't actually ever do endurance on him. Um, and he lived till 30, um, so I had him 15 years, and he's buried up in my top field. Hmm. Speaking of endurance, um, how did you hear about endurance for the first time? Through Tevis, from my veterinarian here, in the Auburn area, he mentioned about Tevis. So I went to see my first Tevis ride in 2001 after I had moved up here from Texas. Wow. So then did you get help getting into it or what was your first event like? My first event, I was going to try and get into endurance in 2012. And my first training ride, I had a really, really bad wreck out in the outback in Oregon and my horse and I got very badly injured. And so um, it took us three years pretty much to come back from that. And uh, But I was going to put him in the Tevis. He's a fantastic horse. Um, and that was why I was starting that um, training in 2012 to do our first ride. And our first training ride, we had a bad wreck. Mm. Um, we got back into riding in 2015. We both got better. And we did our first LD was Cash Creek, a 25-mile ride in an English saddle with English irons. And I was, the minute I did that ride, I was hooked. Mm -hmm. I was told my horse would not be able to do anything much over a 25 because of our injuries that we sustained. But that particular horse got, he and I just got stronger and stronger. And we ended up actually winning the national championship in 2019, the 50 mile ride. And we, we also did Tevis, completed Tevis twice. So we came back from, catastrophic injury and also all the people that said we couldn't do it we proved them wrong wow but we didn't really do that we, we we just um we just got we just were a great team and he is now retired wow that is quite the comeback story 
Um, what was his yeah. injury that he overcame? Yes, yes. We were out in the outback in Oregon on a big 9,000-acre ranch, and then we got in the long grass. We got caught up. I was actually leading him at the time. And we got caught up in some barbed wire and tied together and went down a hill. And uh, I nearly had my leg torn off by the barbed wire. And he also had his terrible injuries to this, his uh, extension tendon and just all over whipped. I mean, it was a dreadful accident. And, um, you know, it was very, very serious, sort of 12 miles from anywhere. Uh, anyway, we, I, got, I crawled out of there and we got help. And my girlfriend and the cowboys went up the next day and found my horse up in the forest. And we both survived, but it did take us a long time to come back. What do you think was the key to his recovery and your recovery? Just because we're both <clears throat> strong and he's a very well-bred horse and just lots of rest and just the excitement about being athletic for mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and his great mind and his athleticism and his confirmation and his competitive nature, I think, is really probably he is the one that brought us back, not me. <laughs> when did you know you wanted to do hundreds? I mean, you did extremely well at the at that fifty with him. That had to be a highlight of your endurance career. Was it after them that you decided you would try a hundred? Well, we'd already done the hundred two Tevises before the nationals. Okay. Um, I I didn't I don't want to do hundred mile rides. I maybe I would do Bighorn, maybe do Virginia City, mm-hmm. but I'm not a I don't like hundred mile rides, especially ones on loops. I, you know, for me that the Tevis is the reason I got into endurance. Mm -hmm. The Tevis is the ride I went to in 2001, seeing the horses coming up the Bath Road, seeing the challenge, seeing the looks on the horses' faces, the looks on the riders' faces, the good horses, the bad horses, the exhausted horses, the still amazing looking horses. It just seemed like such a challenge. That was the only ride I wanted to do you know really at all to be mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. Um, but once I started doing the riding I, I enjoyed some of the 50s and the 75s but um, the Tevis is the only ride that is really the most amazing addictive ride and the most challenging ride so yeah that's really the the one for me in a hundred mile category. You know I've heard that there's some magic out on that trail have you experienced that just that it's a very oh, unique yeah. <laughs> Um, it's kind of hard to do it without getting emotional, but um, I think the most emotional time or the best part of the ride for me is when you leave Francisco's and you're 15 miles to go and you go along the bit more cliffs and then you drop down into the sand going down the American River. And you, if you're alone and you're under the moon and you're cantering along down there and you see that moon and you get to Poverty Bar and you cross that river... And then that horse picks up. All of a sudden, that horse knows he's on his way home. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just go. And if you can get through Lower Quarry, <laughs> you once you get through Lower Quarry and you know you're on your way home, there's something. I don't know whether it's because of Wendell, uh, the man that started it. Once you come up to Roby Point, you just can feel the magic up there. Because mm. you feel like all the people that have, ridden that part and have gotten that far are just it's just energy that's Mm. on that trail right up there and then you've got about a mile to go and as you closer you get to the fairy lights (laughs) you're going to cross um the more you feel this welling up inside you and of course you've got all the people waiting and cheering and that's huge and 
that is the magical part and that feeling where you pulled out everything you had to get across that line and you know your horse is good. That's the other thing. And you've done a good job with your horse and your horse has been well taken care of. Those are the magic things. Mm. And <laughs> you're so tired and exhausted and, you know, you come to Macan and once again you have people there and it just, even, I just feel like this great release and the, it's just like, <laughs> it's just the most amazing feeling. Can you tell me a little bit more about Snickers? I was watching the live feed videos and he just looked so perky and trotting and just looked amazing mm -hmm. when he came under that banner. Can you tell me what, yes, it, he did. <laughs> what it felt like to have him finish that strong? It was very, very gratifying because I had not ridden that horse and he had never been on that trail. He, she, he is my girlfriend, Melissa Montgomery's horse, and I... I was going to ride another horse, but that fell through. So Melissa phoned me and offered me um, Snickers on very short notice. So I went down to her barn at Vacaville and rode him a few miles just to try and dial the tack in and so on. And um, obviously I always prepare my horses really well. And I've never had, um, you know, I've never been pulled metabolic. I've never, I've got a very good ride record. Had two pulls, you know, in 35 rides on my championship horse just for minor lame, lameness. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was very, you know, I was very, a little bit nervous because Tevis eats 50% of its entrance and I don't usually ride other people's horses. <laughs> and I was, I just wanted to really take care of the horse. So I, the way it worked out was I listened to what Melissa told me about the horse because I usually get to know my horse and um, know all the, you know, little ins and outs of a horse, but I didn't know that horse. So I had to rely on what Melissa told me and her crew knew the horse. And because she did such a great job with her, with preparing Snickers, not overdoing it or anything like that, just getting that horse with a good base on him. And because she had the knowledge, a sensible knowledge to, to tell me how to ride him. And the crew was so good. And with my riding experience and skill, I guess, um, we... Put, you know, I took that horse through the ride and I'd had nothing, no, not one moment where I felt he was stressed, strained. He, he didn't overheat. He had a fantastic vet card. The highest pulse he had coming in was 68 um, and he pulsed down quickly. And, um, he, you know, everything went very well, very smoothly. Big horse, big movement, you know, a lot of risk there with, with possibility of him, you know, being blown up or, or all the usual worries but um I just rode him very carefully mm. and but we still made good time we you know just generally tried to do everything possible with everybody as a team to get him through very well and that's why he looked so good at the end and when he got home to the barn he apparently bolted out of the horse trailer and ran and bucked and <laughs> jumped about in the pasture so mm. he was he, he wasn't stiff sore nothing like that after the ride so I was very pleased Awesome. How was it to ride a horse you were not too familiar with in the dark? Was that difficult? Um, well, we we had to, because it was so humid and there was smoke and the moon was orange. We didn't have a lot of moonlight. So mm. um, I used my green headlamp. I rode with Diane Stevens a lot in the dark. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we just got through. He's good horse. He'd done Bighorn 100 last year. I think this was his second hundred this ride. Anyway, um, he'd never been on the trail. I'm actually very nervous of heights. <laughs> oh. But uh, she told me, <laughs> very nervous of heights. But anyway, she said he was 
once again, I had to trust, we all had to trust each other. And she told me he would be fine. So I believed her. And once I got on him, he is a careful horse, not crazy at all. So I felt confident in him, but we definitely couldn't see when we got, we were alone when we first went down into the Dardanelles in the dark, just him and I, and it was dark. I'm like, he, neither of us could see. <laughs> so I turned on my headlamp. And um, yeah, it was enough to, you know, it was enough to get us through. And I, I was not nervous. And if I was nervous of any drop-offs, I told Diane. And uh, she went in front and I followed. So did your injury, did it play any role in you riding this distance? How How's your recovery been? Both you I'm and... very lame. <laughs> you're a little off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very lame. Oh. I always, my knee, I got my leg nearly, like I say, torn off at the knee by the barbed wire. So... Um, I am lame a lot of the time, um, and uh, it was tough. Well, I still ride very balanced, so that's the good part. Riding is better than walking for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the recovery has been, you know, it's always a bit hard after Tevis. Most people are a bit stiff and everything. Is there any tips? Because, you know, there's the population of the endurance world does tend to be middle-aged and older, and so a lot of us oh, are, are riding with, you know, injuries or old things. And I'd like to point out your story because if you've overcame this and somebody has something else that's maybe not as bad as what you've had, maybe they can do, you know, because sometimes people discount themselves and think, well, I can't do that because of this. Um, what would you say right. to them? I would say, well, it's, it depends on the, in, you know, it depends. Mm-hmm. It's all in the mind, basically, but you I think a lot of endurance people are sort of kamikaze people. You know, they're just sort of tough and rough and they just uh, kind of forget themselves. And it's because you love the sport so much and you love the horse so much. Um, You just, the more you move, I think here's the thing, the more you can move and keep going, the less your injury will trouble you. Mm -hmm. And you may have times when it hurts, but you're going to seize up if you don't do anything. And it's better to just keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the way I look at it. Because, you know, like I say, you can't, uh, you can either, there's many a time when I don't want to even go down the barn because I'm so stiff, but I, the minute I get down there and get going, um, it all loosens up and, you know, I, I just uh, keep going basically. And I, it's my right leg, so I can still get on the horse really well because I use my left leg. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just sort of think about, try and think about anything, but don't, try not to focus Mm. on your injury I mean because I also broke my back a few years ago coming off a horse so Mm. you know you just gotta wait for it I think if you're addicted to endurance and riding you just when you hurt yourself which you do you just go god I can't wait to get better because I just want to get back on the horse you know Mm -hmm. I know that you said hundreds aren't maybe you know the big thing for you the big thing was to ride Tevis but if, if you were able to talk to somebody who maybe is riding LDs and 50s and they think, well, I'd at least once like to do 100 in my life, what advice would you give to them? I would say take it easy. Make sure your horse is fit for the 100. Make sure you're as fit as you can be for the 100. Be prepared, you know, I mean to ride in the dark. Um, choose a 100 that you think you can finish. You know, don't try and take on the biggest, hardest one unless you're very fit and you know it very well don't trailer somewhere you've never been before to do a hundred mile ride you know mm-hmm. practice on the hundred you're going to go on if possible like tevis you know i wrote the whole course before i actually entered the first time mm. and um know what you're in for be prepared to 
be in you know the doldrums a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> and have times when it's going to be flat and dull and you you know just take care of yourself and take care of your horse and have that grit you know to keep going you finished in the top part of the field and if somebody was going to ride Tevis and you would give them a tip specifically about Tevis to make the cutoffs for example what tip would you give them about that specific ride all right, so the way I would ride, the way I will or do and have ridden Tevis is you want to be well ahead of the cutoffs because if something goes wrong, don't ride the cutoffs. <laughs> do not ride the cutoffs because if something goes wrong, you will lose the ride just because you were too slow. With Tevis, the start is going to be quite fast because you've got that nine-mile downhill to Highway 89. Mm-hmm. You're going to try and go with the flow on that Um Try not to get dist- you know, look, ride your horse, look ahead and ride your horse. And it's like driving, you know, mm-hmm. go try and get around people you've got to get around. Don't get tied up with a bunch of you. Don't get sucked into everybody else's thing. Stay, try and stay focused on you and your horse. Okay, so you're going to go down that, down there. They're going to be pretty quick going through around the mountain into the bottom of Squaw. Take it very easy up Squaw. Walk, a little bit of trotting, walk. You know, go over the Watson Monument, then you can get going a little bit again down the hill. They're going to be in the probably one of the worst parts of the ride from you know, the top of uh, Watson to Red Star. There's a lot of dust, a lot of rocks. Try and make good time where you can there. And then when you get to Red Star, you've got a nice seven mile ride or so to Robinson. So try and shuffle along on that open Soda Springs Road and try and get to Robinson in good time. Then when you leave Robinson, once again, try and make time. Uh, you know, you don't have to race or gallop, but try and make consistent, steady, eddy time to get to last chance. And then you're going to hit the canyons. So when you hit the canyons, do not race the canyons. Walk down, walk up. Take your time at the top of Devil's Thumb. Cool your horse properly before you get to Deadwood for the vet check because his pulse is going to be high because it's so hard going down through those, you know, that particular canyon. Then take your time going down El Dorado Canyon. Then you'll come up once you get to Michigan Bluff. Just take it easy. Take it easy, but not riding the cutoffs, but take it easy. And then when you get to Michigan Bluff, take time there to once again let your horse eat and maybe cool down a bit before you go on up to Chicken Hawk to the vet check. When you get to Chicken Hawk vet check, your horse is probably going to be hot and have a high pulse. So make sure when you get up to Chicken Hawk, try and, you know, get through that vet check once again. Make sure you cool your horse well. I take off tack there, actually. And um, try and, you know, have ice, whatever you can do to cool your horse before you take the short ride to Forest Hill. Don't dally, you know, don't hang about. Don't get caught up in other people. Like I say, try and if you need people to keep you going, team up with them. You know, don't let people hold you up if possible. Get around them on the trail. And then once you get to Forest Hill, the field will have dropped down considerably. So then the night section, if you're if you're confident and you have your headlamp and you know you might be having groups of people, but if you can make good time from Forest Hill to Auburn, you can come in on time or before the cutoff. You know, at five fifteen. The main thing I would advise is don't race at all. Try and keep a really steady eddy pace and slow down in the canyons. That is good advice. And I want to thank you for the time you took out of your day to talk to the listeners of Endurance Horse Podcast. It's been fabulous getting to know you. (laughs) Thank you. And we look forward to um, seeing more of you in the future. I did 
episodes slightly different than this in 2018, 2019, of course, nothing last year. And this year I decided to do it as interviews. In the past, people just sent in audios. Who knows, maybe, are you planning to go next year again? Yes, I've got my own horse I'm hoping to ride next year. He's a Mustang Arabian. He's only, he's a young horse, really. I mean, he'll be seven next year, next summer nearly. So, I mean, he'll be over, he'll be seven years and a half years old. So mm-hmm. I'll see. I hope to take him in. He's a terrific horse. So maybe we can talk again about this next year. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. You have a lovely day. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Susan, for sharing your experience for Tevis 2021 with the Endurance Horse Podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.